Welcome to Red Rank Podcast. I'm your host, The Crow Show. On today's episode, I'm very happy to have a chat with LilyPie101, somebody who I think is a fantastic and wonderful person to have in the Dead by Daylight community. I discovered her through unfortunate circumstances, saw some really bad tweets going around, kind of talking smack about Lily, and I investigated and found a new new pal, a new DVD friend who is absolutely wonderful and funny and so strong. Like, um, I wish I had half the strength that Lily has when it comes to dealing with trolls on the internet because me, I'm I'm a soft little pillow. I'm I'm a big boy, but man, if I, if I read one negative comment in the comment section, I'll, I'll curl up in a little ball. I won't leave my room for the the rest of the weekend. <laughs> That's how I that's how I handle trolls. But I hope you have a fun time listening to my conversation with Lily. As always, you can find the podcast on all platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, etc. And wherever you can, please leave a rating on the podcast. It really helps with the algorithm. And please share the podcast with your friends. If you know somebody who's into Dead by Daylight and into the community, most of the time we're just chatting, talking, getting to know people here. And sure, we talk a little bit about Dead by Daylight, but it's not really like a strategy podcast kind of thing. We're just getting to know people in the community. So thank you very much for listening and enjoy my chat with Lily Pie 101. Welcome in, everybody, to Red Rank Podcast. I'm your host, The Crow Show. Today, I'm being joined by somebody who I've recently been enjoying their content recently and just wanted to get them on the show. So, uh, Lily Pie is here. Thank you for joining us. Partner Twitch streamer, Fog Whisperer, and her pronouns are she, her. Uh, Lily, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good today. And how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Yeah, I'm... Uh, Living, living my best life, you know. <laughs> I have a podcast based on Dead by Daylight. What could go wrong? <laughs> but my gosh, this weekend was exhausting. I don't know if you caught all of the back and Ooh, forth of people talking about. Like, I did. It was yeah. to to some tiring to look at. I was just, it, oh my god, come on, guys. Yeah, but like I, I was, um, I, I was going to s- save this for later, but let's get into it while we're on the topic. So there was a tournament this weekend, dead by daylight Mm -hmm. tournament where two of the hosts used words that are problematic in the community. They said the word blend it. And they also said Oreo instead of saying Onrio. Now these are terms we should be. That should just be like not in our vocabulary for dead by daylight. And I think it was a good learning experience for those two hosts. I think they handled it very graciously. Yeah. But my gosh, did did it ever like it, it just brought out I think the worst in some people who mm. were just kind of like, fight me. I'm gonna say Oreo for the rest yeah, of my life. Yeah, that was like some that was some very weird energy. It's one thing to be like, oh, you know what, I didn't recognize it. And now that, you know, people have called it out, I should probably think about how this may harm people in the future. But yeah. instead of that, people very much so were on the bandwagon. Well, I still I'm still gonna use it. I just don't care. I mean, yeah. it's just it's kind of like taking the mask off and being like, oh, well, this is who I am. And if you don't like it, don't watch my content. You're making your space very unacceptable 
for people that want to find comfort and, you know, support, you know, especially as marginalized creators and, you know, mm-hmm. viewers, those kinds of things, you're making that space feel unwelcome. And that's pretty oh, damaging yeah. to the community, especially considering how diverse the DVD team itself is, yeah. how diverse DVD's lore is in terms of, you know, like nationalities and backgrounds, you know, sexualities and whatnot, yeah. those kinds of things, as well as the content creators and the community that play it. DVD has a massive fan base. So to just have a platform and to, instead of boosting and elevating those voices that need it, mm-hmm. demolish it and say, well, my opinion and my viewpoint trumps all. Yeah. I don't think that's very appropriate at all. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, um, you know, like, let's just, let's just say it like it is. It's not really for white <clears throat> people to say what's racist and what's not. Because, yeah, you know, I, I had a, a friend of mine... Uh, I hope he doesn't mind me dropping his name. Yowzel posted a really meaningful mm-hmm. thread about how um, harmful and hurtful it is when people deliberately mispronounce Asian names. So mm. uh, th- maybe their intention is not racist, but for somebody of Asian background, for them to have people constantly mock and ridicule yeah. n- names and words in their language. Like, yeah, that's, that's not okay for the community. And um Mm. I had that stance as well, like the Oreo Onrio thing. Like I just didn't like the word Oreo. I thought it sounded mm. silly. So, but I I wasn't aware of how harmful it is for people to deliberately mispronounce names. And so mm. I sent my friend Yowzel a message saying, "Hey, you know, I, I appreciate you shedding light on this. I wasn't aware of that. So mm. I'm going to take that information. I'm going to educate myself in my community and." Mm-hmm. I wrote a post on my Discord just saying, "Hey, hey, people! Like, this happened this weekend. You know, it shouldn't. It should go without saying. But blend it. We just cannot use that word. It's not okay. It's yeah. hurtful. It's problematic. In addition to that, you know, saying Oreo or Sudoku yeah. uh, is not okay too because it's mocking people's culture, and that's not okay." And, I also feel like it does reflect a very real world issue. I think, you know, as POC, while my name specifically, you know, has more of like a um, sentimental meaning because I was named after the, you know, aunts on both sides of my family, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of other, you know, foreign cultures, names are very sacred. And I know in Japanese culture, for example, a lot of names are, you know, based off of like nature, like familial tra- uh, traditions and stuff like that. And so a lot of the times, even the characters behind them, you know, create those words for the name, but they actually do have meanings. And Sadako does actually have a meaning, mm-hmm. right? And, you yeah. know, this is from somebody that's, I've just like casually studied Japanese on and off just because I was interested in like okay. the language and culture and whatnot. And I wanted people to know, yes, that does have an actual meaning. And it does tie into like the lore of the series that she's from. I know she may be a fictional character, but there are also pretty much, you know, people that are named Sadako in real life, as well as other names. And even Anryo, the um, the word, you know, mm-hmm. for the type of um, ghost that she is, also has a meaning. Again, like these are all symbols and very much real things. And those yeah. are sacred. It's different because those names are ethnic and have culture and background to them. But you notice in like the real world, there are people that immigrate from countries and they may come to places like America, like the UK, but they change their names to be more English sounding because people don't know how to pronounce their names or people don't care to learn how to pronounce their names. Growing up in high school, there was a girl that I went to school with. Her name was Makachuku, but people just called her Maki. 
And she would say, no, it's okay. Just call me Maki because a lot of people didn't know how to pronounce her name. Mm -hmm. Or I've seen people have their cultural names and traditions stripped away from them and they're just called Michael or John or Angie or Robin, those kinds of things. These are the effects of assimilation in real life. And so Mm -hmm. just because she's fictional does not mean that this does not have real world implications. That's really beautifully said. I, I couldn't say it any better myself. Like in mm-hmm. that, I, I go through a little bit of that too, because mm-hmm. um, I guess I'll self-dox myself, if you will, in some <laughs> kind of way. My name is Adrian Charlie. That's my first and last name. Now, mm-hmm. the last name Charlie has no significance to my family. It's just mm-hmm. that Native people were given uh, more in- English names mm-hmm. um, and... and in my particular region, they give us first names for last names. So you get mm-hmm. people named with the last name Charlie, the, the, the last name Seymour, the last name John and Dick mm-hmm. and all these different names. They, they don't mean anything to us. So my yeah. my traditional name is, uh, it's actually Telecutston. Now, good oh. luck trying to get anybody to oh, say okay. that, right? Wow. <laughs> so, See? Yeah. So... That's like my traditional name. And with that name, people mm-hmm. from my culture will know where I'm from, which family mm-hmm. I'm from, who, mm-hmm. who, who are my ancestors. Wow. There's so much to a name and like it's so meaningful. And, you know, my, my uh, English name really doesn't mean a lot to me. And yeah. I, I carry that every day. And it's, a, it's like an inner struggle. So mm-hmm. I can see how people who are feeling upset because somebody deliberately uses the wrong name for a character in a video game. Um, Mm. Yeah. There's a lot of roots there, a lot of backgrounds. And if you come from a place of privilege, like uh, if you're a white person who hasn't been in, um, hasn't been the the target of like harassment like that, you're, of course you're not going to understand. And of course you're not going to. Yeah, for sure see how these things can be hurtful but i i I just i really was hoping that people would be more interested in hearing other people's perspectives but i saw one guy in particular who has like a really big following and was kind of like i'm still gonna say it fight me like cancel me i'm like that's just not it like that's that's not cool yeah, it's very disappointing, especially when people like that have a platform, you know? Yeah. We want all people that are welcome because we all share the common denominator of loving video games, specifically Dead by Daylight. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to push people that are a part of that community away? Do you want nobody left to play with? Is is, is that what you're hoping for? You want to push those people away? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, you, we don't always know who's in our community, right? And Yeah, absolutely. And, and not that we should use that as a way to be like, oh, I got to be careful because somebody out there <clears throat> might be this or that. But, like, mm-hmm. you should just always be in a position where you're like, hey, let's do our best to make this a welcoming place to be mm-hmm. and uh, make everybody feel welcome. Because when you use these terms, you isolate other people. And that's absolutely. Not, it's not a good feeling. Um. So yeah, that was the that was the T. I guess we started with this. Yeah, talking, talking about those terms. Um, I want to rewind the clock a little bit though, and ask you like, um, mm-hmm. when it comes to when it comes to gaming, like, what got you into gaming? Was there like a particular console game or system you that got you into it? Um, growing up, actually, my dad played video games a lot, and so okay. a lot of the time, I would just end up playing whatever he handed me. 
And my dad was like um, a single father growing up. And so a lot of the time, whenever, you know, he would get me ready first and then he would like introduce me to media like video games or like, you know, anime, like legitimate. Oh, no way. He would have the VHS (laughs) tapes for Sailor Moon. And I would just like sit down and watch Sailor Moon while he would go get ready for work. Mm -hmm. And then he would start his day, you know, drop me off at school, get himself to work and then, you know, rinse and repeat as a single father. And so video games were a huge part for me growing up because it was a really great way to pass the time. And then I was so immersed in a lot of these worlds. You know, I just I could not get over it. But particularly mm-hmm. one of the games that stood out to me was um, Tomb Raider, you know, with like Lara Croft. Oh, that yeah. was like that was like yeah. my absolute favorite. Growing no up. way. And so <laughs> I remember a lot of the time you know, anything that she would do in the game, I would, like, try to, like, reenact, you know, so she's got, like, dual pistols and stuff. Oh, yeah. I'd be sneaking around the corners of the house and be like, I got you, Dad, I got you. Oh, no way. <laughs> Those kinds of things. Yeah. And I remember for uh, Christmas, he actually ended up getting me, like, boots that looked like her, so Tomb Raider boots. So I would just, like, go around jumping off of stuff no. in the house and be like, ha, ha, and, like, you know, maybe all the noises <laughs> from, like, when she would, like, climb stuff or, like, fall off of stuff. Oh, my just, gosh. That was my introduction into gaming. And, like, I started going from there. And then I started collecting games on my own in, like, my teenage years. And mm-hmm. I remember my dad used to get mad at me because I would have an allowance per week. And my allowance was, like, $100. And any time that I could get a break from school, I would immediately go to GameStop, spend it all. Like, no if it was, like, some sort of video game yeah. or, like, some sort of, like, DLC or, like, maybe, like, a new controller or something, I would just keep adding to the collection. Oh, and he okay. was like, dang it, Lily, the purpose of me giving you an allowance is so that you can save your money and then, you know, it's supposed to teach you about finances. You can't just go out and spend it all the time. But mm-hmm. anything that I could buy, like, posters, like, memorabilia, figurines, all of that stuff, if it was video game related like something that I liked, I wanted it. Yeah. And so growing up, like I would hoard all of this stuff and then I would play all of these games. <laughs> and during like school breaks, it was the worst. Like I was just stuck in the basement, hooked up on my Xbox, yeah. just over and over again, playing games and achievement hunting. Oh, that's awesome. I, I remember there was, there was one time in particular, one of my favorite series that I was introduced to during this time period, it was about winter break. I was like 14 years old. I had finally gotten um, Mass Effect, right? Okay. And the loading times for Mass Effect on console, like elevators, like it was legit, like, you know, five minutes sometimes because oh, yeah. of just how old the game was and whatnot. Yeah. And so I remember I was so excited to play it. I had to finish all of my homework and stuff, but I fell asleep during one of the elevator scenes. Oh, and no I, way. <laughs> I fell asleep with the controller in my hand and I woke up at like 3 a.m. and I was like, where am I? Oh. And I remember I was staring at the Xbox, I was like, what the hell happened? Yeah. Like, there's no way that I just fell asleep during this cutscene. But when I tell you, like, I was, like, into video games, oh, I was I was into video games. You that's, cannot separate me from them. I love that. That's amazing. Yeah. That's I can relate to that because I was, like, uh, it, it, yeah, I, I still have my old Sega Genesis behind mm-hmm. me somewhere on the floor. It's, like, <laughs> it's like with the 32X and the Sega CD, and mm-hmm. I was all of all about that life and i'm curious too like it sounds like you were really really deep into video gaming mm-hmm. when i was a kid like i'm older i'm a lot older than you and i'm i'm okay saying that it's just that's just life but like back when i was a kid it was like kind of nerdy to be into video games like people would like 
ridicule oh, absolutely was yeah. it like that for you as well oh absolutely like a lot of the girls in my class were like very much so interested like growing up i'll admit i was really a tomboy and so like i wasn't like into skirts and dresses and stuff like that mm-hmm. dressing up for school oh, my god i hated it and oh, yeah. I'd be like, but you look nice get me out of this thing right now <laughs> yeah. but all the boys in school would be like oh well look at her she can't do this and i'd be like yeah do you want to look at my xbox achievements and i no, own more like... games than you and more controllers who's really the better gamer here like those kinds of tits for tats would go on between like our homeroom classes and whatnot Mm -hmm. but a lot of the girls you know i got picked on for it and you know even for like watching like a lot of anime i was never one of those kids that like did the naruto run and like the the Mm -hmm. weird hand signs i would mind my business and like sit in the back (laughs) of the classroom people would still be like she's so weird no like uh uh-uh i mean but now video games is like a job for me yeah and for that like i'm super grateful and like my dad you know, anytime I bring up to him, you know, my streaming and stuff like that, he says that he's really proud. But mm-hmm. I remember, you know, just a little over a decade ago, you were chastising me for being in the basement playing video games this much, Dad. And oh, no way. Me. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, look at me now. <laughs> That's amazing. So your dad supplied you with everything you needed to play Absolutely. video games and mm-hmm. very much influenced where you are today like i'm curious how like did he did he also introduce you to i'm guessing he must have introduced you to like some cool movies and music and such too right absolutely my dad um my dad is like 67 years old and i'm only 22 my dad is my dad had me really late so my dad you know growing up um he wasn't necessarily into a lot of technology and stuff back then because it wasn't really popular Mm -hmm. but as it became popular in like the early 2000s when I was born, he started collecting a lot of this stuff. And then he was introducing it to me, you know, to like have me pass time and stuff like that. And, you know, even um, growing up, he worked as a security guard. So a lot of the time I would get babysat by like, you know, siblings and whatnot, or like grandma. And then I would like, you know, be hooked on this stuff until he came back home. And, Mm -hmm. you know, rinse and repeat, like, the morning routine and stuff I talked about earlier. Right. But he did introduce me to a lot of those medias, and he was pretty interested in himself. And even with technology, like, my dad orders drones. He likes having, like, cool... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He likes having, like, cool little technology and stuff like that. And he's like, hey, Lily, come help me set up this gadget and whatnot, you know, this kind of stuff. He's always on his computer typing away, figuring out, you know, what can he get next or what can he invest in next, those kinds of things so we both share a love for that stuff that's awesome i I Mm -hmm. love hearing that because my dad i think he is i think he's like 73 Mm -hmm. and he's like he's like chronically online he's like he's got a bigger tiktok following than me and like it's not not that i'm like a heavy hitter but he's he's (laughs) got like he's got like 18 or 20k followers at this point i'm like yo okay dad (laughs) Right. Just like introduce him to TikTok, and then he just started posting stuff, and God. people love him. <laughs> My dad, you know, I was scrolling through his phone because he asked me to help him um, set up something on his phone. I noticed he has a TikTok app. I was oh. like, why do, why do you have a TikTok? <laughs> but he also uses Twitch to watch my streams when he's at work sometimes. And like, he'll oh, come no in way. and he'll say hi and stuff. But oh, cool. he's like a lot more tech savvy than I thought. I mm-hmm. even came downstairs and like, I saw him um, figure out how to set up like a Google Chrome background and stuff. And I was like, who taught you that? I didn't teach you that, but <laughs> yeah. you're learning. Oh my God. Yeah. 
Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, my my dad, he he actually just bought a PS5. He was so excited wow. about it. I was like, he, he just he was like, I can watch all my movies and stuff on here. Yeah. And, and uh I, I think he he was really into like you know, downloading movies and putting them on a thumb drive and mm-hmm. putting them in the, I could have like given him like my NVIDIA shield that I have that I'm not really using these days, but for mm-hmm. him, he was excited and he's happy. So I'm happy yeah. for him, but yeah, I don't think he'll be playing God of War on that anytime soon. <laughs> and my dad, he also loves to collect movies. Recently okay. I was just sent um, like a little goodie box by um, a video game company for the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre game by Gun Interactive. Oh, right, yeah. And they sent me a limited edition steel book of like the Texas Chainsaw movie. Mm-hmm. When I tell you this man yoinked it for me. No like, way. <laughs> <laughs> I put a picture on Twitter of all this stuff, but he yoinked the movie away from me. And I was like, no oh, way. here it goes into his collection. So. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you so you've you've seen that movie right like i don't yeah wanna, okay very okay good. um the 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 final shot when mm-hmm. bubba's like thrashing his chainsaw and stuff i legit yeah. cry every time i actually feel bad for him in that spot because i'm mm-hmm. like she got away no like i don't know if that <laughs> makes me a weirdo but i love like it, it's such a beautiful image too. Mm, like the way that they portray him in the films too is like, oh my god, it's really dark. It's like morbid, but like the way that they portray it is really good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm ex- I'm excited for that game. Like I can't wait for that to come out. Mm. I think it's next year, right? Like I think they push it back, but yeah, they push it back a little. But I'm definitely interested in it. It's something new. So. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big part of like where the community is at for Dead by Daylight. Like mm-hmm. I. I don't want to say that we're always looking for a replacement. I think we're just looking for something to, to mix it up every once in a while. And yeah, uh, of course, I, I think that uh, that's healthy for everybody. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I think DBD has like a lot of replay value. You know, we have like over 200 perks in the game. There's a lot of different play styles. You can go for like altruism for like Sabo breakout or like flashlight save. Yeah. You could be a gin doer. You could be like mm-hmm. a chaser, blah, blah, blah. Those yeah. kinds of things. Um, or you could just like be immersive. There's a lot of different play styles for DVD and a lot of different perks to help you get that out of the way. There's yeah. a lot of content. I mean, you know, they drop content about like every three months or so. Oh, yeah. And we yeah. have like some hit licenses in the game from like, you know, Michael Myers from the Halloween series, Demogorgon yeah. and, you know, Nancy and uh, Steve from Stranger Things. And then oh, plenty yeah. of others. And, you know, at this point, Behavior has accomplished a lot under their belt with Dead by Daylight. Mm-hmm. And I think this is also the reason why, like, the audience community just keeps, like, ever expanding. Because you get people that have been excited for things like, you know, the Ring series and, like, Hellraiser. And they get pulled oh, into, yeah. like, the fandom of DVD over and over again. And then they start playing that. But at the same time, even myself, at about 6,000 hours or so, there are some times, like, I do get a little bit of the burnt out feeling. As much yeah. as I do love Dead by Daylight, as mm-hmm. much replay value as it has, you know, different maps and everything else. Sometimes yeah. it's it's just refreshing. And I notice a lot of people tend to appreciate DVD more, you know, whenever they put it down and then come back. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, for example, recently I went away on vacation uh when i had my boyfriend come visit from out of town yeah and so taking like you know a 40-hour work week for me and then and then some because as a content creator you know 
there's outside stuff that you do as well. And technically oh, yeah. that's on the clock as well, yeah. you know? Yeah. And sometimes, you know, having your life put online constantly and then producing content and then editing stuff and then making scheduled posts and then interacting mm-hmm. with like business emails and community and discord, like keeping up with all of that stuff online and having it broadcasted all at once. Yeah. It is so exhausting sometimes. Like genuinely, oh, yeah. like I love my job, of course, but mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it's exhausting. Yeah. And so taking it a break and like putting it down, and then coming back to it feels brand new a lot of the time. And right I think on. that's what the community is seeking. There mm-hmm. are a lot of games that are similar ASIM wise that people are interested in. I don't necessarily think they want to see like, you know, the game go down, but mm-hmm. I guess kind of like uh microdosing essentially, you know, dead by daylight yeah. and then playing it as they feel so that they feel like it's not as repetitive and they reduce the burnout and stuff. And that's normal. I feel like that's oh, yeah. pretty good. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you touch on a really good point when it comes to, like, I think that some people don't really take into <laughs> consideration that, yeah, what you do is, uh, it's a full-time thing. It's basically 24-7. And the thing is, like, yeah. e- everything that you do, whether you're playing games for fun off stream, mm-hmm. creating content, streaming, you know, it, it all takes place where, where you're sitting right now. So you've got your mm-hmm. in, your work energy and trying to mix it with like the fun energy of like yeah. trying to unwind. It's tough mm-hmm. when you're like physically in the same space because like I'm an IT guy. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm on my lunch break right now and <laughs> and, uh, you know, going from work mode to having fun mode to mm-hmm. content creation, like all in the same space. I, I think there's something trying to find that balance of energy I, th- I think is is a real I challenge definitely relate to that as well yeah. yeah yeah and um now when it when it came to um like playing games online what what first got you into online gaming because it sounds like you you started out with like a lot of like you were talking about tomb raider and mm-hmm. like a lot of single player action yeah. storyline um i actually started playing battlefield 3 when it came out like, okay I was like, I think that was actually like one of the first FPS games that I was introduced to. And it was like, not really my type of game, but you know, I would see like one of my siblings play it or like a cousin play it. And I'd be like, well, this seems kind of interesting. Let me like give it a, let me give it a shot. Mm -hmm. And then obviously I was terrible at Uh first, but then I remember when I got my own console, I started playing it on my own time and then I really picked it up and I absolutely loved like the Battlefield series, like especially Bad Company 2. Bad Mm -hmm. Company 2 is like a little bit of an older game than Battlefield 3, but I still very much so appreciated it. And I went from playing like, you know, every now and then to just about like playing if I could every single night and then I would like jump into like my story mode games or stuff like that, just whatever I felt like. But I think one of the favorite things uh, for Battlefield 3 specifically was playing uh, Team Deathmatch at like a thousand tickets and like having the tickets bleed out would be about a 30 30 minute, 45 minute to an hour long session with the game. Because like the goal is to like, you know, hold different um, objective points while, you know, getting kills and stuff like that, blah, blah, blah. Or like. Uh, I'm sorry, that's for Conquest, but for Team Deathmatch, getting um, X amount of kills, blah, 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 like that kind of thing Mm -hmm. was really, really interesting to me. And it just, it was really fast paced as well. Yeah. So going with that over and over again, really kept my brain stimulated, of course. I loved it. Right on. Yeah, I I tried Battlefield. I I felt overwhelmed because it was more players, right? I think. And like Mm -hmm. vehicles and stuff. And I remember just being so like, 
I can't stay focused. And <laughs> There's uh, a lot of elements going on at once, yeah. There is, yeah. And it's, it's kind of ironic that I landed on Dead by Daylight because it's probably even more, mm-hmm. more like, confusing than... Yeah. And when I, when I first started playing, I actually uninstalled after about a month because I was Ooh. like, I just can't handle all these perks and these killer mm-hmm. powers and my friend trying to teach me, like... Yeah, it's a, is, it's a yeah. lot of content in DBD. So. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's pretty confusing. Now, um, I also wanted to talk about like your uh, history on Twitch because uh, I had a, I took a deep dive and mm-hmm. looked at some of your older content. It looks like you're into art streams when you first got into Twitch. Like, how was how was that Ooh. for you? I was doing art streams because I was on my laptop at the time, and like I wanted to stream video games, but I did not have a PC at the time. Like, okay. Uh, for the most part, up until like 2020, I was like a console gamer. Like sometimes mm-hmm. I would stream some of the games that I play on my Xbox and whatnot, but it was not Dead by Daylight. Yeah. And then when I started streaming more art on my um on my laptop, it would be like on and off, but it was never really consistent. And it was just mm-hmm. to pass the time a lot of um a lot of the time because during that point in my life, I was working on getting like you know my visa for the UK and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so it was just something to help you know time fly by. And then also work on my art skills as well. Okay. That's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, I saw some of your artwork. Like I saw, um, I, I don't know how what technique you use, like if it mm-hmm. was, but I saw an illustration of John Boyega and oh, Eleven yes. from Stranger Things. I was like, oh yeah. my God, that's beautiful. Like I was mm-hmm. like moved looking yeah. at your work. That but. was through Photoshop, but like my art um, in 2020 when the pandemic happened, I was actually working as um, a waitress, but I was mm-hmm. put out of my job. And so I was like, oh, I, I have nothing to do. Oh, like no my way. whole schedule's free. Yeah. And so I took this time to kind of focus on a lot of the things that I wanted to focus on. So this was when I had just finished getting my PC because it was around December that, you know, Christmas was and like before the whole COVID thing blew up mm-hmm. um, in 2020, I ended up getting like a brand new PC and I didn't really know how to like utilize it. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to like try to focus on improving my art. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I could also try streaming games now. Yeah. And then I was going through and doing that and yeah, just kind of took off from there. Oh, that's amazing. That's, I never thought about that. Cause like, yeah, you, when you, it, again, like just looking at your, like your stream background and history and stuff, mm-hmm. it looks like you started focusing on dead by daylight, like basically when the pandemic hit. So yeah, I did. Yeah. That's uh what was that like for you transitioning to streaming dead by daylight as your main content? Like, as you said, it was very overwhelming at first because there were, I mean, even when I was introduced into the game, like 2019, I was, I was playing it like, um, a little bit before I got my full PC build on my laptop and my laptop would like barely handle it. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was trying to play it, like I was so immersed because I was terrified and I was like, oh. oh my God, like they have like Michael Myers and like yeah. all these other killers. And I was like, oh my God, there's a lot going on. Yeah. And I was, you know, playing Claudette a lot of the time. And I was just like, oh, wow, Like I don't know if I can handle this. So I was playing Killer mm-hmm. primarily when I first started because okay. I, I could not handle Survivor. And I was yeah. playing Survivor alone, too. So I was like, oh. I, I can't do this. Like, I'm, I'm terrified and I don't know what I'm doing. But then when I started playing for stream, I started playing Survivor. And then I'd be like, hey, I'm new at this game. If you guys want to join my lobby, you can. And then, like, we can learn and we can grow and help each other together. 
Yeah. Because I was always alone playing in like Survivor. I, I mean, I was looking for friends and that's basically the whole purpose of my stream. Mm-hmm. But I didn't I did not expect to get anywhere with it. And I didn't really expect to like get that deep into DVD either. Yeah. That's really cool cuz like yeah, like it it seems like um just, you know, like everybody in content creation has their own journey. We all have our own mm-hmm. like growth patterns or, or or whatever but it, it seems like you really took off between mm-hmm. 2020 to present so would you say that was a big part of your success was just like trying to find people friends to play with and not necessarily just you know? that i think another thing that also grew my stream and the art portion of what i do i was also very interested in making like custom models for like dvd like artworks and stuff like that but it was 3d mm-hmm. and so i remember i I was like, you know what? I could like make more realistic versions of the survivors. And people were talking about, you know, DVD getting like, you know, visual um, updates such as maps. And then I was like, okay, but what about survivors? Mm -hmm. And so I started out by, you know, remaking and like working on updating survivor models like Claudette, like Fang, and then all the others to make them more realistic. And that was like a huge part of my Twitter success as well. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those um, posts kind of blew up. And then I started getting followed by, you know, some of the bigger content creators, you know, like Scorpion Z, you know, the Pigmane, Mm -hmm. and then Cope, Killer and Survivor, and then a couple of others. And then I was like, oh, I can keep going with this. And then Mm -hmm. I remember specifically right before I got partnered in like August 2021, the growth that I had from like July, um, to august my average viewers literally spiked from 55 to 100 plus and then i was like oh oh wow yeah like this all happened like so quick within a month yeah and then i i, I remember i got scared because i was like what if i'm getting view bought or something and then like all the new people <laughs> that were following me and i was like uh i'm all over the place i don't know how yeah. to handle this yeah and i was i was just winging it because I mean, coming from what I I was used to, you know, just like do 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 playing Survivor, and like mm-hmm. my community was like very small to medium size. I was like, eh, okay, it's whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But then I started realizing how serious it was getting. I was like, ooh, maybe I should start taking this like a little bit, a little bit more legitimately. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I started focusing on it. Yeah. So that's cool. That, that I think that's amazing. Like hearing your story is. I think not just for me, but anybody listening will be very mm-hmm. inspirational because I do have a lot of people who listen to the podcast who are also content creators or people mm-hmm. who want to be uh, more in the content creation space. So hearing your story, I think, is very meaningful, not just for me, but for other people out there as well. Yeah, of course. Um Oh, shoot. I, I had something on my brain and it, it just escaped me. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else related to like Twitch and the streaming scene? or? I, Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it was Twitter. I think that a lot of people like I think that what's happening right now in just content creation in general Mm -hmm. is people are saying, you got to be on TikTok, you got to be on YouTube, Mm -hmm. you got to do Instagram reels, you got to post on Instagram, all this stuff. But Mm -hmm. I rarely see people talk about Twitter. And I think Twitter is like a really big Oh, it really is way of growing as well. Because uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's putting your opinions out there, showing mm-hmm. people who you are and you'll find people who can relate to you. And that, that's how I found you is through Twitter. <laughs> so oh. <laughs> it's, uh, I think it's a really underrated platform that 
I think not enough people talk about and you, you touched on that. So And I think like Twitter overall, I think when you're new to Twitter and like you have nothing going on, it's like, God damn, my feet is so dry. Mm-hmm. But then when you start like, you know, producing content, like putting stuff out there, I think yeah. Twitter is one of the best platforms because you do put out like very short tweets or very short to the point things. And that's what a lot mm-hmm. of people are looking for. Yeah. You know? A lot of the time, you know, you get recommended stuff in like your TikTok feed or like your YouTube feed. But the majority of the time for people's content, that happens at a very random chance. There's not Mm -hmm. as much growth for, you know, uh, that kind of chance of being found on those platforms, I find. But on things like Twitter, like I said, it's short to the point. A lot of people don't want to like watch, you know, a 10 minute video in like the first 80 seconds is you explaining it. A lot of people just be like, okay, well, I'm just going to like go to the next one where it gets Mm -hmm. right to the action. Or somebody that I've been watching for a while so that I'm comfortable with the content, those Mm -hmm. kinds of things. But on Twitter, you also pop up through people's recommendations by um, the liking system as well. Because you can see your likes in the feed and whatnot. And then on top of that, Twitter has its own version of recommendations like, oh, this is like funny or this is like gaming or like recommended Mm -hmm. because of um, photography, which you've noticed you've like a lot of blah, blah, blah. And then just by sponsored posts as well, those kinds of things. So I feel like Twitter's algorithm have a lot more of a chance um, Mm -hmm. of your content getting found, especially with the short to the point info. I love that part about Twitter a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've had some, some tweets get like a little bit of recognition here and there. And the Mm -hmm. thing is, I didn't use a single hashtag because no, you really don't have to use hashtags. Not at all. I think that's like a big mistake because like when I see somebody posts like a post and they have like six hashtags on there, I'm just like, Bro, this just feels this feels like a forwarded email at this point. I'm like, I'm yeah. just not gonna read it. <laughs> and I think the algorithm also pushes down the more hashtags, that, the more hashtags that you use because it's trying to like specify whose feed to put it in exactly. Yeah. Instead of you, instead of if you were just like have the post be naked and just you know shorten to the point with your thoughts or with your content, like an image or the video reel or whatever that you wanted to see, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, because I I think that um, I can say with a lot of confidence. Twitter knows what you're posting and mm-hmm. if it's dead by daylight related, whether mm-hmm. it's a clip or a picture or just the context, it'll find the audience yeah. that needs it to see it. it automatically categorizes that stuff and it's really helpful. You don't yeah. even have to do the work yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, I've been, I've been getting more into it and a, a former guest talked about like how they f- kind of found success by constantly responding to like the the dead by daylight official twitter account and they mm-hmm. would just post like hot takes of their their tweets yeah, and stuff and that works as well yeah it's it's there, there's a lot of different strategies and i think that yeah more people need to consider twitter as a, a way of expanding your content and absolutely definitely doesn't get talked about enough mm-hmm. um we talked about a little earlier how you're a fog whisperer how how was how did you respond to that when you received news you were selected as a fog whisperer? Honestly, I was like, ooh, wait, do I really want to accept this? Yeah. Like, I know a lot of people have, like, their set opinion already. And I would just say, like, a lot of it seems to be shrouded in mystery and like, oh, well, you know, fog whisperers can't do this and fog whisperers, you know, they can't do that. Mm-hmm. Please, that is not true. Like, I don't know what is going on, but I've been the same person and I have not, I have not needed to censor myself. Like, right through and through like I'm literally the same person before and after getting fog whisper but a lot of people seem to think that you know it's like this like holier than thou mentality and whatnot I'm literally just the same woman mm-hmm. I'm Lily mm-hmm. I'm also Lily Pie 101 I'm just a content creator I'm also a human yeah like please understand those things 
But I was very excited, of course, but I was, you know, like other people skeptical, like, oh, well, maybe as a fog whisperer, I can't do that. And maybe as a fog whisperer, I can't do this. And, you know, I have to make sure that I have like this and that. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. You actually do not. You need to be like a genuine person. Yeah. You know, um, you need to make sure that you enjoy the game, of course. And like I said, even if you're experiencing things like burnout, of course, you know, you still have an overall appreciation for the game and whatnot. And, you know, you try to do good by the community. That's yeah. it. They're looking for like individuals that are transparent w- with their content and, you know, just overall enjoy themselves. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's literally it. Yeah. But a lot of people have other ideas and whatnot. Yeah. It's really interesting. I, I find it fascinating the way the community builds these narratives about things they yeah. don't understand because yeah. like they, they're like, you're just a shill for for behavior. You're just a dead by daylight. Like, you know, you're you're on the Absolutely you're on the not. you're on the payroll. Like, I I I had um I had that violin chick on my show a while back. Mm-hmm. I was like, so what do you what do you do with your millions of dollars you get paid by? <laughs> I was joking, <laughs> right? But like, yeah. people honestly believe that they they honestly believe that like y'all are making millions of dollars. Um as as part of this program you're in and mm-hmm. i you know i i think it's amazing that you're part of the program and um from the content that i've i've been consuming through your your twitch channel and your twitter mm-hmm. and, um you know i'm like yeah we need we need people like you in this in this community we need to represent because like like you said there's so many different people in this dead by daylight community, um, cultures, sexualities, genders. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that I would say in the last like year, couple of two, three years, I would say they've done a, they've done a good job of acknowledging and recognizing the diversity in the community. Absolutely. Like we see these, uh, beautiful events that they put on like the pride events, the pride charms, um, really cool cosmetics that that yeah. uh, will have meaning to a lot mm-hmm. of people in the community so a lot of the cultural cosmetics as well i've been finding so i've noticed like a lot of the survivors do have like a form of the traditional like culture and whatnot or, like nationality kind of like integrated mm-hmm. into some of the cosmetics yeah and i've been noticing that and i i think that's really nice oh yeah yeah i think mm-hmm. i think it's great and uh myself i'm i'm native canadian we mm-hmm. don't have that representation just yet, but I'm going to start mm-hmm. banging down their door and say, "Hey, come on, man! Like, <laughs> where, where are the natives at? Like, I know that there's not a lot of them in America. There mm-hmm. are, but in terms of representation, like, yeah. we're in a really cool spot. With, um, I don't know if you've watched that show, Reservation Dogs. It's like really, no, I have not. it's it's a really popular show. Uh, I think it's on FX, and it's mm-hmm. about uh, native kids living on a reservation and just the, their friendship and kind of brotherhood, sisterhood that they have together. Aww. And uh, to me, it's really meaningful watching that and consuming that. So I'm like, it sounds beautiful. Come on behavior. Let's get with it. So uh, we're <laughs> going to start banging down their door and say, Hey, come on, where, where's our uh, native American brothers at in the game. <laughs> so now I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a loaded question that mm-hmm. I, I, I oh, like to I put I like to put people on the spot. This this is a this is a softball for you. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the current state of Dead by Daylight? Ooh. I have a lot to say. Yeah. 
Um, primarily I play Survivor and on the weekends, typically I would like to play like, you know, um, Survivor with like subs and whatnot. So like if you're a sub in the community and whatnot, we just go through the queue system and like we play games together. And this is for people that, you know, maybe they don't want to really experience solo queue. So like we have our own system and like maybe if you need a certain challenge, like, hey, I need to repair X amount of gins, blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, well, we'll help you complete gins in this challenge. Or like, hey, I'm really kind of on blood points. Like, okay, well, we can bring like, you know, flan or like bloody Mm -hmm. party streamers or like cake or whatever you need. Or, oh, well, I need X amount of people to leave through the exit gate before I leave. Those, okay. Like those kinds of things. Yeah. So like, for tomes and archives and whatnot. Oh, cool. But then also just general grinding, especially during events and whatnot. Sometimes, like, for example, the winter event um, just started up the 8th. And right. so this past weekend, I've been helping people, you know, complete their challenges. Oh, We've cool. been grinding out stuff and, like, doing, like, the snowman high fives oh, and yeah. stuff like that. It's, like, <laughs> right just on. super cute, fun stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. And I really enjoy doing that as a community because, you know, I want everybody to feel included. You know, I don't want people to have, like, suffer all the way through solo queue or, like, go through and, you know, not have their stuff completed. So everybody's aware. Those mm-hmm. kinds of things. I just think it's a really nice, helpful thing. And it's also just a, a really good reward for subs as well. Oh, yeah. And that kind of stuff. Um, but I will say, although, like, it's been, like, 6,000 hours. So there's, like, there's not much in the game that really bothers me anymore. Yeah. Like, for example, a lot of the time people will see, like, oh, I, I recognize this is Lily Pie 101. And so sometimes, like, I'll just start getting hit on hook. Or like, oh, really? or like slugged out wow. or like, you know, just BM'd a lot overall in the game. A lot of the time I would just laugh at it. Mm-hmm. Like, I know a lot of people on Twitter are like, oh, Lily Pie 101 is a smelly survivor main. And like, oh. she whines anytime it doesn't go her way. Oh, I will literally geez. be laughing while the killer like hits me on hook. Yeah. And I'll just go next. And I never yeah. really say anything in in-game chats either. Mm-hmm. Because what's the point? Just continue, go next. If they wanted yeah. to say something to me, they can write on my Steam profile or they can come to stream. I'm working. I don't mm-hmm. have time for that. And yeah. I started to realize trying to be like really angry at the game, especially on stream. Oh my God. It brings like the whole vibe of like the actual game down. Yeah. On top of that, who really wants to just watch and like watch somebody complain? If I start watching yeah. somebody complain over and over again, yeah. it, it's, it, it brings the vibe down. It's kind of like, does. Eh, yeah, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I'd rather just like laugh those things off genuinely. Like yeah. at one point, like at one point of consecration, did it annoy me? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, hey, guys, don't take me off of the hook. If you have reassurance, use it for the extra time to get gens done. Mm-hmm. Great. I'm going next. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. But I've noticed, you know, even if I'm using Anon mode or even the people that post in like my Discord as survivors, they get BM'd a lot. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's a matter of like, you know, if they use head on, they get BM'd because it's considered toxic or oh. they get a flashlight save, it's yeah. BM and it's considered toxic, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I can't like specifically pinpoint why this stuff started happening, but the mm-hmm. only thing that I can think of. Is I know behavior wanted to give killers, you know, like a buff because I think the casual player base deserves to also have a fair chance. Yeah. And so sometimes, you know, MMR, whether or not it's doing its job, it can still be very difficult for somebody that's new to the game. Mm-hmm. And that's understandable because there's a lot of pressure on you as killer. Yeah. You've got to micromanage your objectives like the gens. And then also maybe defending your totems if you have hexes. Yeah. And then also utilizing your perks, your killer's power. And then also trying to make sure that you also get hooks in between that. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very understanding thing. And it can be very overwhelming. It can be frustrating. I get it. 
But I think a lot of the casual player base, after 6.1 specifically, when they did buff Killer, they made it so that Killers automatically have like two stacks of Stabiffle because Mm -hmm. it's a 10% reduction um, for the cooldown between successful M1s, okay? Survivors also get the 10% reduction whenever they get the movement speed after getting hit. Again, understandable. And then also Bloodlust was buffed as well to a degree Mm -hmm. and a lot of people especially on bloodless were like okay wait what's happening because if you recall there was a bloodless experiment over the weekend Mm -hmm. a long time ago yeah where they removed bloodlust because they were working on the maps and you know taking on infinites they wanted to see what was going on Mm -hmm. and a lot of people did not struggle having bloodlust turned off yeah um but a couple of other people obviously complained saying that you know maybe killers need it Mm -hmm. but then i feel like i've noticed in general um They've also given killers a 10% uh, increase for kicking pallets and gins and whatnot. Gins also lose 2% progress when you kick them, like Mm -hmm. very through and through. Like these are just like things to make sure that like maybe like the killers that are typically placed at like C and D tier, maybe get like bumped up at least a little bit. Mm -hmm. And they've also made it so that gins are like 90 seconds, which again is understandable. The casual player base may need it. But with that being said... It has started to become a phenomenon, I find, that they use these things to their advantage. You know, you've heard the phrase, give somebody an inch, they take a mile. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I've started to see a lot of that because Mm -hmm. it is a little bit easier to do, you know, uh, a steamroll of a group and whatnot Mm -hmm. because you have these things available. But on top of that, I've noticed a lot of gin stacking perks as well. They said that they wanted to increase gin time so that killers didn't feel the need to bring, you know, X amount of perks. But that's just the thing because of Mm -hmm. how large this community is and the good faith aspect, that's not always going to happen. And that's okay. But I think it makes a very difficult, a very difficult trend for a survivor Mm -hmm. because a lot of the times games will go very linear. It seems like it's either do do gens or die. And I feel like that can make the gameplay a little stale. And I still have fun, of course, but I think it's something that the casual player, you know, like Angry Joe two four six gets home from a shift. He doesn't have <laughs> yeah. all. The, he does not have all the time in the world to play yeah. the video game like mm-hmm. I do because it's my job. Yeah. So he might just log off for the day if his first match is a face camping clown at four gens because one gen popped, yeah. like that kind of thing. Oh yeah. And then a lot of the times in solo queue, especially, it's very difficult because, you know, you can't tell what your other teammates are doing, don't know them, you can't communicate to them that you mm-hmm. need challenges done, or that you need to cleanse totems, that, like, you you want to try to get this specific achievement. Like, you can't do all of that. You yeah. can't say that you need help in that aspect. You mm-hmm. can only just, again, have the good faith aspect. And then with certain perks, for example, like eruption, eruption 25 seconds of the incapacitated status oh yeah so there's no working on the gen there's no healing there's no doing anything you cannot do anything except for just stand there yeah and in solo queue it's hard to make the call of you know oh is this person getting ready to go down Mm -hmm. you do not know yeah and so they could they could be like somewhere out of sight and again you just don't know and i feel like there are a lot of people like yeah we'll just run open-handed and um bond or run bond and this and that I shouldn't necessarily have to. Yeah. Just because mm-hmm. these are kind of, these are the kinds of things that people have really been talking about, especially in my community and a lot of others. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my tweets recently, um, where I've been talking about these, have kind of like blown up anywhere between five hundred to over one k interactions and likes and wow. whatnot. 
because people are noticing the same frustrations and I get it. I do. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, it's less detrimental because this is my job and I can laugh it off because I have all the time in the world to try to like seek out better games. Yeah. But the casual player does not. Mm-hmm. From the killer standpoint, there's nothing that survivors can have in their kit where it can like really compete with it. If I wanted to run like the nastiest build available, mm-hmm. I guarantee you like there's not much this, that the survivors could do. And not that's not to say like necessarily like the survivors would like um, always get steamrolled because there's always going to be somebody better than you. Oh, yeah. But it's just that the probability of me steamrolling them is a lot higher than them steamrolling me if I wanted to play like an absolute monster. Yeah. Like, yeah. but that's not that's not how I have my version of fun. Mm-hmm. My version of fun for killer typically means like I get good mind games. And even if that means like I end up getting like a zero K or a two K or a four K. That that matters less to me the 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 number of kills I get, mm-hmm. but whether or not I'm able to pull off something fancy or just kind of like showcase my skill or talent. Yeah. But a lot of people focus more on kills, and I think that's something that's making it very draining because they mm-hmm. will go through any length to get it because of the gratification. Yeah. Even if it means that they don't get as many blood points and whatnot, I've even done like an experiment myself. Several killers have, you know, where if you try to like hurry up and secure um, a kill very early on, okay, well then the survivors have nothing left to do but gens and then the gens get done. Okay, but gens are going too fast. Yeah. But you have all these slowdowns and stuff. Scott Dunn made a very good tweet about it mm-hmm. and a couple of other people in the community that are like figureheads like Ots have talked about it as well, mm-hmm. you know? But Scott's take, I really agree with, you know, the gens are going too fast cycle. Gins are going too fast. Okay, I tunnel out one survivor so that I can apply pressure. Okay, well, the other survivors have nothing to do but gins. Mm-hmm. Then they escape. Gins are going too fast. And then they get stuck in a cycle over and over again where people are oh, yeah. not properly managing the um, the little the little things that happen in their killer games. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. That's yeah. fine. But I just feel like the casual player cannot differentiate between all of the knowledge that's needed in DBD, especially as killer, when you have to like micromanage everything. Mm -hmm. And that's understandable. But I feel like we should probably have like a healthy way of like introducing people into these mechanics so that they don't fall for like, you know, the cycle that Scott Jun was talking about. And so that they don't make the survivor experience miserable. And don't get me wrong. I think survivors can be annoying as well. Oh, yeah. Whenever I play killer. (laughs) Yeah. But. It's just I've not noticed it to the extent that I have. I have more bad games on Survivor a lot of the time than when I play Killer. And I play Killer off stream and I'll go uh, try to go through and try to get like adepts or I'll try to like go through an achievement hunt and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes I'll play on stream if like if I'm really tired of Survivor, I'll just go play Killer on stream for a few hours because it's yeah. it's like it's a, it's actually a little stale for me. Yeah. And I just oh, can't yeah. stand to play it myself. Mm-hmm. But I think behavior took a step in the right direction, trying to make it so that the casual players, you know, can have a good time. Yeah. But for the people that are already experienced and for the people that already know what they're doing, they're taking a lot of advantage out of it and making mm-hmm. the survivor experience miserable. Yeah. And I, I don't think that it's going to like kill the game. No, mm-hmm. but I've noticed a lot of people just kind of like drop off and playing survivor or like yeah. the cycle will continue and people will be like, okay, well I'm fresh at playing survivor. I'm going to go play killer the same way. Mm-hmm. And then I can take out my frustrations. It's just like a bad cycle. It and is. I'm hoping that they, they introduce something to like, kind of like knock that off. And I think balance wise, they're going in the right direction. But if we could like take a step away from like the adventurous stuff, I I think we would be in a little bit better spot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You raise a lot of really good points. Like I I think one of the biggest issues right now is 
gens are the only focus of the game right now it seems mm-hmm. like chasing yeah. is not necessary chasing is like the best part of dead by daylight but right now um there's little incentive for killers to chase survivors and uh absolutely little incentive Especially with the three gen meta just yeah uh, it's real nasty <laughs> i've got i go into random streams and i'm shook at how many killers i run into in streams like i'll just be going through the directory popping in and mm-hmm. checking people out and they'll be like okay here's my three gen right here like as soon as the round starts here's my three gen i just got to protect mm-hmm. these three gens i'm like bro that's so boring like to me that's boring and like yeah yeah for me it's very yeah. boring as well i think calling out the three gen is like a very good thing to have in the back of your mind but yeah. if you're defending it from five gens you are drawing out the match for a yeah. very long time mm-hmm. it's not something that that i can stand to have personally yeah. whenever i play killer like sitting stationary and like only kicking and not focusing on the chases some of the best parts is like literally outplaying a nerd like mm. oh, i'm yeah. sorry but like getting a good mind game on a survivor and then being like yeah you thought you had me <laughs> Yeah. But you didn't. Yeah. I think I think that's like a very good rewarding feeling, but people don't care about that feeling. Yeah. That satisfaction only comes from the end result and that's getting the kill. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't matter. Like no matter how they get it, like yeah. that is the gratification. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's just not fun because it, it just feels very cheap whenever I play killer that way. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. I find that a lot too when I when I quote unquote win as killer, sometimes it just doesn't feel good because it's like, mm-hmm. well, I kind of proxied and tunneled that that trial and like I got a huge advantage in the beginning and they were just in a, in a losing standpoint from the get-go or, mm. you know, they got Shelter Woods and you, you basically auto-win as killer <laughs> as yeah. soon as you load oh, in. So, yeah, there's a lot of things that go into that. But mm. yeah, I was just curious to get your thoughts on like the current state of the game and I always mm-hmm. like to get everybody's perspective on that for the people who come and be on the podcast yeah um, absolutely I, I wanted to talk to you some more about like some community stuff and i uh mm-hmm. to anybody listening uh this next section might be a bit of a trigger for you so just a little bit of a trigger warning we're going to talk about hatred we're going to talk about racism and i did run it by lily before we started recording so i didn't want to like spring this on you and because you know i know this is probably a trigger for you as well mm. um but hatred and racism is something that runs pretty rampant in this community. And you've been on the receiving end of that for yeah, months now, right? Like, yeah. you, did, did you want to talk about, to tell people like how it started and how we got to this point now? Um, I think overall, like a lot of it, I mean, I'm just at this point, I am a public figure. Mm-hmm. Like there's no denying it. You know, given the CCV that I have and the community that I've built and like the the presence that I have online, I'm a public figure. And with, with no doubt that comes with criticism, but because of the color of my skin and because of my identity, you know, as you know, a pansexual, but also woman mm-hmm. of color, specifically black, this is just something that happens. And I recognize that. I've been on the receiving end of discrimination in real life long before I ever started streaming. Mm-hmm. And I know I've only been around on this earth for 22 years, but at this point, I think I can say I'm used to it. Should I have to say that? No, not really. Mm-hmm. But at this point, it's just one of those things I expect. And I just entertain it as one of those things where it's like, hey, it's always going to be there. But for me personally, 
I would, I've dealt with it so much to the point where I've just become numb at it. I can laugh at it. Like, it's mm-hmm. like, you're that, you're that mad. Yeah. Come on. Like, it doesn't, it really doesn't bother me all that much anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, because I have that level of energy, a lot of the times people will come in and like, I have been like called straight slurs before. And then yeah. I'm like, okay. And, and then now what? Like, am I supposed to cry or something? Like, yeah. <laughs> am, I supposed to, am I supposed to feel like, oh God, like you've just ended my whole career? What's, yeah. What's the end game with that? Like, like, what's the end game? I yeah. literally do not care. Yeah. Like whether whether you're calling me a slur or not, at the very end of the day, I still have my I still have my position secured. Mm-hmm. I've still got my job and I've still got a lot of great things going for me. And yeah. here you are. Like yeah. if anything, I feel pity for you. Yeah. Like thinking that this is something that affects me. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I will say, it's just tiring because there are plenty of other pillars in the community that deal with it on a much smaller level but the fact that they have to deal with it at all is frustrating yeah i can handle it but i know some other people can't and that's mm-hmm. not to say that it's like a bad thing or like a weak thing mm-hmm. it's just that there are other content creators that look like me mm-hmm. and they come in different shades as well and they be te- they may be teased or harassed or bullied for a different reason and it's sad that they have to go endure that because they're not used to it they don't yeah. they don't understand why it's happening like there is no logical reasoning behind the racism stuff there's there's nothing that they can do either but i would rather harp i would rather harbor it on my end and make it so that these people come to me and then people around me that look like me get the strength to be like okay well maybe i can be like her yeah and it it doesn't phase me like her those kinds of things because if I were to stop streaming, there would probably be a lot of people that would lose inspiration because it's like, well, damn, like if she got bullied off of the platform just because of the color of her skin, like what makes me think that I could do it? Blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Those kinds of things. And I've had people in my community express their their concerns and their frustrations where they've had to end the stream because they've been hate rated. Wow. Or they've they've just stopped streaming because mentally they could not handle the amount of times that they would get harassed on the basis of the the color of their skin because they have on like face cam or people mm-hmm. just found out that they were like a person of color or black. Mm-hmm. Those kinds of things. Yeah. I think taking it with like the head on approach that I have now, because I'm used to it, I will take anybody on. I do mm-hmm. not care. Like I will yeah. shout it from the rooftops that I do I I do not care. Like mm-hmm. you will never bully me off of this platform. Yeah. But from my earlier streaming days, I have I had somebody that was very dedicated. I'm talking about since 2018. Like you saw how far back my content went. Mm-hmm. From 2018, even when I was doing art streams before I actually like streaming video games, there was somebody that was following me around, a, an entire group of people. This person created over 800 accounts across Whoa. Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Discord, even in-game launchers such as the Ubisoft launcher for Rainbow Six, right? Yeah. Those kinds of things. Um, any way that they could, they would like spam my Discord with like gore pictures. They would DM me wow. gore pictures. Um, they would send emails, you know, talking about how they were going to like lynch and burn and assault me and stuff like wow. that. And they would follow me with like multiple accounts on on Twitch. And this is before all of the hate rate stuff was implemented. Mm -hmm. So it was out of hand. And this was before like the chat verification stuff was up. So could you imagine like being followed like 10 different times at once with hateful names just because of color of your skin and that kind of stuff? That's the reason why I'm so numb to it at this point. Because Mm -hmm. like you calling me like a singular slur when I've had to deal with shit like that, like it it does nothing to me. I feel nothing. Mm -hmm. And in fact, like... I've literally taken these people and I've broken some of them, Yeah, you know, I've said it recently on my stream, you will bend or you will break. I am going to be here to stay. There's nothing that you can do to persuade me to like stop streaming. 
because of your racism or because of your like your allegations or harassment and things like that. There's there's nothing in this world that can stop me mm-hmm. as Lily Pie 101. I have a really great support system. I have a lot of good people in my community and I've built a lot just for somebody to burn it behind a keyboard. Mm-hmm. Never. I would I would never give that up. And I stay resilient because I know there are people out there like me that deserve to have their voice heard just like mine yeah. and deserve to have these communities. We all share the common denominator of liking gaming, of loving gaming, of loving DVD. And I'll be damned if I let somebody take it away just mm-hmm. because they don't like the color of my skin. Not now, not ever. I yeah. would never give that up, ever. Yeah. And I, I applaud you for that because like, and that's one of the major reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast because I was like, wow, there's somebody who I aspire to be like, you know, like mm-hmm. if anybody Thank says, you. if anybody says like, I, I'm, I'm on the receiving end of ageism a lot, people will be like, mm-hmm. you're old. Why are you playing video games? I'll cry for like the rest of the night. <laughs> and like, if anybody says anything kind of like a slur towards me, I'm just like, Oh man, I'm done for the weekend. I'm just not. I'm just it gonna really go does put you down in the dumps, bed. and it's yeah. sad that people are like that. But they feel so emboldened because they're behind a keyboard. Yeah. And a lot of the time, I've noticed that you know a lot of my peers, you know, they speak out against it. But you know, for my white peers, they could be doing the same thing as me, and they will like not receive any criticism or even a fraction of the criticism that yeah. I receive. Yeah. Like again, I was like called out on Twitter, whatever, because I insulted the killer's genital size. And somebody said like, I was legitimately like body shaming. Oh, I, I saw that. Yeah. They, the, the mental the gymnastics, the, the mental gymnastics. Like, yeah. I don't know the size of like the, the killer's crotch area. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know that. Like, I just say these things as a joke, mm-hmm. but like I said that the killer was like, you know, an asshole or something yeah. like, it's just, it's banter. It's legitimately just banter. Yeah. As long as I'm not like insulting the person, like, <laughs> let's say the person behind is like Henry Harrison. I'm not calling Henry Harrison an asshole. I'm calling the spirit that just like hit me on hook at four gins. Like, okay. You little asshole. Yeah. All right. I see yeah. you. Yeah. That's not me like calling like that dude an actual a-hole. Like that's mm-hmm. not me actually insulting him. Yeah. It's just banter. Yeah. But plenty of people do this. Like some of the top content computers otofu mm-hmm. otstarva um cope plenty of the others mm-hmm. have all said something along the lines of you know banter yeah. they're not calling people slurs they're not saying hate speech or anything mm-hmm. but you know they do those same things and then yeah. a lot of the time just being a woman is enough for people to be like oh well, she's so emotional like she's so toxic she's so fragile and I will literally be like with a straight face like I am like right now to say, oh, my God, this person like such an asshole. Yeah. Like uh, just just like playing it off because it's yeah. banter. Yeah. But I will receive criticism. But I'll also receive criticism for it because I'm a black woman at that, like mm-hmm. the double whammy. Yeah. And it's sad that I have to say that. And like for a long time, you know, I never mentioned it because I didn't want to pull in. I didn't want to like pull into like, oh, I don't want people to say that I'm playing the race card. Mm-hmm. But at this point. What else is it? Yeah. If these white people are doing the same thing that I'm doing mm-hmm. and. I'm doing the same thing, but it's terrible when I do it. What yeah. is the difference? Yeah. Even recently, there was somebody now on Twitter. It turns out they were called out multiple times for telling people to like unalive themselves, right? Wow. Telling them to commit suicide. Several people, mm-hmm. several times. Apparently, they ended up making 10 accounts just to tell one person on Twitter to off themselves. Wow. They also went the links. Uh, went through the lengths of calling somebody the insler f slur in post game chat because they did not like them for wow. playing a certain character, something like that. Mm-hmm. They were called out for that, and they came into my chat 
before I even knew all of this stuff saying, oh yeah, she's just a toxic piece of shit. She's a bitch. And show me the evidence where these people did this is since you want to expose them so bad. Mm-hmm. And I've started to learn that these, this is, this is exactly what those people want. They want you to try to perform the mental gymnastics for them. And yeah. even if you do explain your point to them, they're just going to shut it down anyways. Cause they don't care what you have to say. They've already prejudged you yeah. based on the color of your skin or mm-hmm. based on the fact that you're a woman or both. Yeah. They've already judged you on that basis alone. Mm-hmm. So anything that comes out of your mouth, they're not going to perceive it that way anyways. And so I learned to just stop engaging with that. And I told him, you know, if you want to go see the proof so bad of these people that have been harassing me, you know, calling me out of my name and whatnot, go click the link that I have in my Twitter post. I'm not linking it here for you. And I'm Mm -hmm. not doing the work. Like you're not a dog either. I don't need to rub your nose in your mess. Mm -hmm. You can go figure it out for yourself since you want to come to me and call me all sorts of names. They even started threatening me and like saying, oh, well, I'm at your feet like a dog. No, bitch. I'm at your neck. Yeah. Saying that I was only relevant because, you know, uh, I was with my boyfriend and like I blew off my boyfriend. Misogyny as well. Yeah. All of those things. I'm sorry, but I was a fog whisperer, partner, had my CCV. I have a larger CCV than Trickster Shadow, my mm-hmm. boyfriend yeah. at the time now. And this was before we even started dating. So again, like the misogyny just leapt out because they've already prejudged me. Mm-hmm. But then I found out that this individual was calling me all of these things and saying all these horrible things. And then it turns out you're telling people to kill themselves. You're calling people slurs, mm-hmm. but I'm so terrible and I'm so bad. Yeah. I haven't even done a fraction of the things that you've done. Yeah. But you can see the mental gymnastics that these people will try to go through and figure out, well, how can I paint her as a bad guy? Mm-hmm. And they will grasp for anything and everything. And that's when I learned they don't care. Don't yeah. even try to argue with them. Just call uh, it what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think what you're, a lot of what you're saying is, uh, advice that I received from a friend of mine many, many years mm-hmm. ago when he was like, he was going through some stuff. He was like, he was on the receiving end of lots of people saying hateful and like rude mm-hmm. things to him. And I said, Hey man, like I sent him a DM. I was like, dude, are you okay? Like, I just want to check in on you. Just want to make mm-hmm. sure you're okay. And he's like, Oh yeah, man. And he's like, I'm fine. Like, uh, I don't know these people. And he's Mm -hmm. like, if I get upset or if I get offended, if I let them take space in my head, he's like, that's how they win. So I just win by like giving them no power over me because he's like, Mm -hmm. the the moment I get upset, the moment I get offended, they've won. So he's like, I just don't get offended. I I don't let these things Mm -hmm. bother me. And I was like, seriously? He's like, yeah, this stuff doesn't bother me. And I was like, wow, that's incredible. (laughs) So that's another way of thinking about it for anybody who's listening. If you're any kind of part of any kind of marginalized group, mm. it, it, it's a little bit easier to kind of digest these things by saying, okay, well, this person, mm-hmm. Joe Schmo 69, um, <laughs> I'm not going to give him my energy because uh, that's how he quote unquote wins and that's what he wants. And I just won't. And like, in all honesty, yeah. like the fact that a lot of these people are jumping through mental gymnastics, to try to argue with me that red equals blue and stuff like that. Mm. At this point, like I said, I don't even, I guess I'm telling people to shut the hell up. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like there's nothing, there's nothing that I can say or do to convince you because you, I'm literally like giving you and presenting the facts to you. You just don't want to accept it because of what I am. Like, yeah. what am I going to do at that point other than telling you to just shut up? Like, yeah. actually shut up. Some people have never <laughs> been, I feel like some people have like never been told that enough. Shut up, yeah. shut up. Like you need to actually stop talking. Oh yeah. Like if this is going to be you, stop. Yeah. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Nobody needs to hear it. Just stop talking. Oh, exactly. In um, another thing that, came as a result of all of the the tweets that I saw and mm-hmm. like the um 
you know, this very prominent figure on in the Dead by Daylight community who mm-hmm. willingly accepts people who are hateful, racist bigots and mm-hmm. champions them and swifts with them. Mm. Like the the thing is, the person's argument was, I, I can't control what they say, but guess what? You can contr- you can control the people you surround yourself with. Absolutely. So if you're going to associate yourself with hateful people, like what other like, conclusions can we draw right. there? I'm saying, and I don't know, I don't understand how a lot of the a lot of the time, you know, people think, oh well, I didn't know that they were saying that. No, you knew. Like, or like, well, yeah, they may be a bigot, but I don't personally believe in it. Yes, but you're supporting them. Yeah. Like if, if somebody were to come to like if somebody were to come to me and say, Hey, Lil, one of your closest friends, it turns out that they're like super transphobic. I'm not trans. I have mm-hmm. trans friends, yes. Yeah. I don't have trans family members, no. But even if I had no ties to any trans individuals, I would snip that person off in a heartbeat. Yeah. And that's not to say, you know, because you know, um, it's just because like I can relate to people like and I have trans friends, right? Mm-hmm. No, I would snip them off because I'm just not a piece of shit, simply yeah. put. Yeah. Like even if you don't have trans individuals or, you know, marginalized people that you can relate to or sympathize with that are being targeted, you should just want to snip those people off yeah. because you're not a hurtful human. I'd I'd hope that would be the case, mm-hmm. but it seems like it's not as black and white for some people. And that's yeah. sad. Like, it I is. don't understand that. Yeah. I really don't. Yeah. I, I've, I've had multiple, unfortunately, I've had multiple instances like that where somebody said something that was like, you know, that's, that's racist. What you just said, that was actually racist. And I'm, yeah. a, I'm not okay with that. And I can't play with you anymore. I can't be like, if you're going to talk like that, I can't be your friend anymore. I'm saying and, like, I like to give people a chance to like explain themselves, but like sometimes people are just like, well, it doesn't affect you. It doesn't affect, well, yeah, it does. You know, like it does. Like, what are you saying about me when we're not talking? You know, like it's so weird. So I, I think that, uh, yeah, accountability is something that people struggle with. And, um, it, it's really unfortunate when people like you and me, mm-hmm. we're the ones saying, Hey, can you please be accountable? They're like, they're like double down. They're like, no, I'm still going to do this and that. And I'm not, it, it's not my problem. It's, you know, I, I'm not racist. Like when somebody says I'm not racist, like, oh my God. bro, <laughs> like racism is flag. also not just black and white either. Like yeah. you don't like in order to be racist, you don't necessarily have to call somebody a slur. Like yeah. microaggressions definitely exist. Like yeah. the whole Sadako thing that we were talking about yeah. earlier, yeah. like your refusal to like understand and like educate yourself like implies that you know to a degree you don't care and yes that that can be racist like racism is not just slurs racism is not just excluding people because Mm -hmm. of the color of their skin and other things like that Mm -hmm. it can also be microaggressions which people a lot of these days do not understand racism is not like one thing racism can be many things oh yeah first and foremost yeah yeah, I agree with you 100%. And that's why I had a chat with that person. And I said, Hey, you know, like, I know you don't see it this way. But here, mm-hmm. here's how I see it. And here's how right. a lot of other people will perceive that. So I was mm-hmm. like, for this reason, uh, you know, I, I can't play with you anymore. <laughs> yeah, uh, can't be your Good friend job anymore. on you as yeah. well. Yeah, that, that's just like, it, and you know, me, like, I'm in the grand scheme of things, I'm, I'm a pretty small fry in the content creation world Mm -hmm. i can't imagine having a platform like 
the person who we will not name right now, but, yeah. uh, having that big a platform and just going, Oh, I, I don't have control over what they say. Like, that's not me. What do you want me to do? Like, I'm just saying if I you just and can. I can do it, he definitely can. Yeah. You have the power to, yeah. yeah. But you don't want to. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for, for weird reasons. And then of course, in the end, that person played the victim card, and uh, it's like, oh my god, dude, that that tweet was like, it was so brutal. It was just filled with all of the, all of the things that we people of color fear, and then that's white people tears. Like, there's nothing that people can weaponize more online mm-hmm. than, than white people tears. And um, oh god, it's disgusting. Yeah, yeah. So. I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about that because that that is how I sadly discovered Mm -hmm. your content was through like Mm -hmm. seeing all these tweets going back and forth and me being curious. And then I was like popping in your streams. I was like, wait, who like, why are you, why are people attacking you? Like you're super chill. (laughs) You're funny. Like you got some sussy names on your, your Claudette. (laughs) I was going to. We don't talk about that. (laughs) We don't talk about that. Oh my god. There's let's just say this. There was the one of the first ones I saw was a play on words with eggnog. And uh oh, I was wow. like, oh my gosh, that was <laughs> outrageous. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's so funny though. It made me laugh. And and the people that you're that are in your community, like I can tell all of you are very close and like the people you're swiffing with, y'all are mm-hmm. bantering and having a good time. And yeah, you know, you told that story about the the move thought thing, and that just oh it God, cracked me up. Because like the thing is so many male content creators say stuff like that and nobody and a lot worse by the way oh yeah like oh my god yeah (laughs) and so i think that day you had your name move thought and it's just it's just funny (laughs) like i'm sorry like i'm like let's be real here considering who i am at this point i could literally call somebody like a fart head and they'd be like Oh, and so now she's weaponizing weaponizing bodily anatomy against me, no. and this and that. Like, yeah. please, it could yeah. be anything at this point. They would still complain about it. I'm just saying, man. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's it it's nuts to me. But uh, I I'm glad you've got like a really good coat of armor. Is that the word? Like, you've got a really good. I think. I think overall, like for me and like what your friend was telling you, like the advice that he gave you a few years ago, I think that advice really works, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's, it's like fortified by having like a good support system. Like you may be like a smaller content creator. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, your community could be strong, but it could be very small. And like a lot of the times the people that are like raining down on you could outnumber you voice wise, but having a very good support system, especially mm-hmm. when, you know, a lot of the time the tactic is gaslighting. Oh, yeah. It's something that reinforces overall, you know, that you're doing the right thing mm-hmm. and that you're not getting gaslighted by these individuals. And, you know, you're not needing to worry about X, Y, Z, those kinds of things. But yeah. I do understand, you know, when you don't have like a huge platform, it can be difficult. So mm-hmm. making sure that you have a good support system is something that really helps. Yeah. I, I've noticed that even from when I was a much smaller content creator. Yeah. That, that's a good point. Yeah. Cause we, mm. we touched on earlier, like I had uh, falling out with somebody like two, over mm-hmm. two years ago at this point. Yeah. And people still remind me of it. And I'm like, you're so weird. Like you're still holding on to this yeah interaction i had with somebody once and uh, we agreed to just go our separate ways and mm-hmm. people i've never even heard of will come at me in my in my uh, mentions and uh, come on dude yeah like i remember one time 
somebody received uh, a hurtful remark. I can't remember the exact context of it, but I was like, mm-hmm. just, I said, Hey, you know, I'm really sorry you went through that. And, you know, if you want to talk about it, I've, you know, I, I check a lot of boxes. Like I'm native Canadian. Uh, I've got darker skin. Uh, mm. you know, I'm older, I'm bisexual. And so like, I check a lot of boxes. So I was like, if you want to talk, you know, hit me up. And yeah, like two or three people jumped in right away. They're like, Oh, well don't trust this guy. He did. He said oh, this stuff God. two years ago. And I'm like, bro, like, let's get over it, please. You're so weird. And, mm. uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, it was just, um, yeah, I don't want to keep you here for too long, and uh, mm-hmm. I do have to get get back to work here pretty soon. Oh, I see, I but, see. Uh, I, I really appreciate you making the time to be on the podcast today. And of course. I hope that uh, the people listening learned a lot about not just you and me, but like about how to conduct themselves in the community, and I think mm-hmm. that kind of conversation is really important to have, especially with all that's going on in the community. You know, mm-hmm. we had that unfortunate you know, casters using words that we shouldn't be using. Yeah, of Uh, course. And of course, with all you've been going through, um, you know, I think you're a really strong, resilient individual. And I think that, uh, you know, like in terms of, um, you know, from a fellow person of color, I think you're a very inspirational figure to have in thank the DVD you. I really community, do appreciate so, it. Yeah. I was gonna say thank you to uh, thank you to you as well because I I do believe that you know having uh, medias and whatnot is a fantastic way, like the podcast specifically, mm-hmm. um, of reaching out to people and making it so that you know voices are amplified and that you know people that are in this diverse community mm-hmm. understand you know from POC to POC and even those that are willing to learn as well. Yeah. Those kinds of things. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, I've, I pride myself in like, um, the guests that I bring on, I'm, I'm very deliberate in like, Mm -hmm. I I really want to reach, um, all avenues of, of the community. So I'm not just interviewing like, you know, just, just white people essentially, you know, I want to get all cultures involved and I, I liked and as a part of joining my stream team recently, I, I definitely want mm-hmm. to talk about my culture a lot more because I realized mm-hmm. that I bury that quite a bit because I know once I talk about it, people are going to say, well, oh, you, you, you're talking too much about it. We don't, we're not here yeah. for that. We're here for dead by daylight. And it's like, well, yeah, I know that's me as a person though. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm the person that's producing the content. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's through my stream team stuff with all Native American, Native Canadians, and seeing what you're going through and what other people are going through in the community. I've been really felt empowered and really wanted to get you on to, to talk about these things. So I appreciate it. Of course. Um, at the end of each show, I do like to give everybody a chance to plug anything you're working on with, with your content. Where, where can people find you and, and your work? Um, everywhere that's available, just about, I've claimed the handle lilypie 101 that is L-I-L-L-I-P-I-E-101. And I stream just about every single day, except for Monday, mm-hmm. usually 9 a.m. CT to about 4 p.m. CT. And then I've regularly got stuff going up on TikTok, YouTube videos weekly, and you will find me doing something weird on Twitter or just like yeah. <laughs> kind of posting about my life on Twitter or on Instagram with like a lot of pictures and reels and whatnot, oh, cool. those kinds of things. So cool. great. Well, thanks very much for being on the show. I uh, mm-hmm. appreciate you and I uh, wish you all the best in the future. 
You as well. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Take care.